Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. As we are fast approaching the 2022 NFL Draft, and you know, anytime I talk NFL, I got my guy Chris Liuzzi on the show with me. Uh, so, Chris, man, how you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man. As always, glad to be here. It's been a while, but it's good to be back. Talk some NFL talk, man. It's almost draft time. I'm excited. How are you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I love the draft, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB. Mm-hmm. I mean, MLB has like 40 rounds or whatever, but I'm still <laughs> like, man, trying to figure out, okay, who are these guys and stuff. But, uh, man, tell me, before we talk about uh, this opening segment, what's your favorite thing about the NFL draft? Like, what gets you pumped up? I mean, it's a special time for, you know, NFL fans and a lot of fans in general, uh, whether you like the NFL or not, you're keeping up with the draft. What do you like most about the NFL draft in itself? Uh, like you said, it's it's just a special time. Everybody's hopeful, man. All 32 teams, we're all hopeful. You know, everybody's hoping that their pick will be the the all pro future Hall of Famer looking guy, right? Like it's just this it's this excitement. You're getting uh, new toys, so to speak, right? And it's just that's always fun. You know, it's fun to speculate. All the nobody really knows, right? I mean, predicting the draft is so dang hard, but nobody knows. But it's still fun to speculate, and it's it's fun to try and picture how some of these guys are gonna you know, end up for your team, you know, rooting for them in college, whatever it might be. It's it's, it's just fun. Everybody's hopeful, and it's a fun you, – you're not that 2-14 and 14 team. You know, yeah. it's over. That's last season. It's it's over. New new year, new page. You get to look ahead, and, yeah, future's bright, right? Everybody thinks that. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a fun feeling. What about you? No, you're right, man. Everybody kind of goes in. Every fan of every team, we're all 0-0. Zero zero. Every team thinks this draft is going to – propel them to a Super Bowl, you know. Um, <laughs> and like I said, I love the draft. That's been something I've always uh, just been enamored with, even when I was a kid, you know, 9-, 10-year-old. Uh, I mean, specifically NBA draft. I remember the NBA draft used to be on <laughs> Wednesday nights, and we would have Bible study on Wednesday nights. So I would I would miss the first round or a huge chunk of the NBA draft because I would be at church, man. So I would hate, like, <laughs> when the draft would come on on Wednesday nights. But, um yeah, the draft, man, it's exciting. Of course, the first round gets all the praise and all the hype. But anybody that knows me, man, I love the middle rounds. I love the second, third, and fourth rounds where, you know, like, man, I forgot about this dude. Or, man, oh, he was still there, you know. And if your team can get one of those guys that you're high high on, he didn't, he got overlooked because he got hurt or he had a, mm-hmm. you know, a very unproductive senior season and he fell in the draft or whatever, man, that's why I love the draft just because – the unknown and and the guys who kind of fall and become sleepers. So, you know that's something we'll talk about later in the show is the sleepers that each one of us has. Uh, but man, like I said, you got to start with the first round. It's all about the first round. Yeah. That's what the NFL has hyped up and has broken up the days. So day one is just the first round, and I hate that because yeah. I'm like, man, I want to know what's going on in the second and third, as I mentioned. But in the first round, man, um, you know we're going to talk about QB needy teams. And you look at Detroit, they're number two. There's talk that they may need a QB. They got Jared Goff and Tim Boyle and Montez. And they don't they're not gonna take one at number two though. We we I think we agree with that. They're they're, they're not gonna take one at number two. They're gonna take, you know, the best player available. And we'll talk about them because they also have number thirty two, the final pick in the first round. So we'll dive back into the Lions later on in this segment. So jumping to the next team that may take a QB is Carolina at number six. 
Carolina yes. at number six, man. It's very interesting as, you know, they traded a few picks to get Sam Darnold, and that hasn't really worked out. They also have P.J. Walker, mm-hmm. who's, you know, a favorite of Matt Rule, who, you know, Rule, he played for Rule in Temple in college. Yep, yep. Um, dude, Carolina, man, it's very interesting, man. Uh, what are you thinking about Carolina, man? Well, Carolina, they're in – I mean – I wouldn't want to be ruled, man. That's a tough spot. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, yes, they have the, the pick six, and they, they don't pick again until the fourth round, barring mm-hmm. any trade backs or anything. I mean, so in theory, you're like, okay, well, they should probably trade back, and that definitely makes the most sense, right? Try and get as many picks as they can and try and fill some of those you know, those gaps that they're missing all these picks from. But Matt Rule has, as far as I know, his final say in that draft room, and Matt Rule's seat's probably a little warm, yeah? yeah? And so, I mean... Does he care about looking to the future, or is he? Is this his last shot? He's got that pick six. He's like, I need to go get this guy. that's going to turn this around and save my job. I mean, that's. I don't know, man. They're in a tough spot. So when looking at six, though, and, and looking at a potential quarterback, do you think that's where they're going to go? Is Carolina going to go quarterback at six? Um, man, I'm gonna say no, because any new head coach that comes into the NFL, what they want is a proven QB. And that's why the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, it never ended. You know, they were mm. constantly after him, even throughout the whole allegations and the lawsuits. Any new Q, any new head coach wants a proven QB because, like you said, you're kind of on a hot seat from day one. You don't have much time, you know. Yeah. Uh, even in college these days, they may not give you two or three years anymore. So NFL, you know, they'll, they'll, you may have one year, man, like Steve Wilkes or something like in Arizona. You know, you may not have multiple years to prove whether they sign you to a seven-year deal like they did with Matt Rule or not. The seed is starting to warm up. So yeah. with Carolina, man, I don't think they'll take a QB. I think they'll ride it with Darnold because they've already kind of made that commitment with the draft capital that they did to acquire him. And like you said, they pick number six, but they don't pick again until number 137. So if, <laughs> if I'm Carolina's GM – I'm trading back, and we got to do something to get multiple picks because the draft is all about, you know, we talk about your boy. We talk about your boy, Chris Ballard, all the time, man, having mm-hmm. more darts to throw at that dartboard. Yep. And Carolina needs picks. So I got Carolina trading back from number six and trying to get another three, four picks that they can uh, add to that roster in that draft. Okay. For what it's worth, I agree in that that's what I think they should do. I think that makes the most sense. Of course, we'll see what actually happens. You know, trying to predict what's going to happen is a, a nightmare. But I, I'm, I agree with you. But, but going on to the next kind of team, not far after them, right? At that might, might mm-hmm. uh, could take a quarterback. It's the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they they go and get Mariota, and I I like Mariota, and he did well as a backup. You know, with the Raiders. But I mean, he's not. Nobody expects him to be their future, right? And so, I mean, there's a chance it's on, it's on the board, right? They obviously Colts fan, you know, they trade Matt Ryan to us. This is turning the page over for Atlanta and that franchise. And I mean, it's a big, it's a big decision, you know, when you take, especially in the top ten, if you're gonna take a guy there and you whiff, yeah, right. I mean, that that's big, man, because that's supposed to be the, those blue chip guys there in the top ten. And if you're skipping on one of them to try and you know nail a quarterback and you miss, I mean, that's that's a big, it's a big deal. Uh, with that said, if kind of like Carolina, I, I don't think they go quarterback. I I think, you know, there's all the talk about the next year's draft class coming out, and I think Atlanta has enough holes everywhere that mm-hmm, they should just mm-hmm. take the best pure guy. In my opinion, I think they're going to take the best receiver that is on the board, whether that is, 
you know, you can take your pick of the, the argument over who's the best receiver, whether it's like a Garrett Wilson or, you know, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, if you're not scared about the injury. I mean, whatever, uh, you know, whatever your pick, you got your pickings of receivers, London even, whoever it is. But if I'm Atlanta, I, I, or not even if I'm Atlanta, if I'm Atlanta, I like Kyle Hamilton. But I think yeah. Atlanta's going to take the best receiver that is there. I mean, Calvin Ridley, we know about the situation. Mm-hmm. He's going to be out for a while. I mean, who else do they have? It's Pitts, right? That's all yeah. they got. And Patterson, if you count, I don't know what position you count Cordero Patterson. But I think Atlanta's going to go receiver. They, I don't think a receiver's going to go before Atlanta. So, I, like I said, I think they're going to have their pick. I don't think they go quarterback, maybe. But I don't think they're going to go quarterback. Not this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Um, you know, it they kind of dug themselves in this hole, man. They had a guy, Matt Ryan, who there was, you know, no pressure for him to leave or anything like that. They kind of made a commitment last year to take Kyle Pitts and not get that eventual replacement. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, I think they're going to take a receiver. They need a receiver. If I'm not mistaken, Russell Gage left. Uh, I want to say, yep. say Tampa Bay for some reason. But, man, yeah, he's gone, so they need a receiver. So I'm with you. They're going receiver at number eight, and they'll have their pick of the pencils, as you said, because there's no (laughs) other team before them that'll take a receiver. So at number nine, Seattle, they we all know they traded Russell Wilson to Denver. uh, I mean, for Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, uh, Noah Fant, and a boatload of picks. And they do need a QB. (laughs) I mean, Drew Locke isn't their answer, but he may be the guy for this year. And they have Geno Smith and Jacob Eason, but QB is an, is an option, but they have holes on that team. And specifically, you know, on the O-line, they probably could use another linebacker, losing Bobby Wagner. What are your thoughts on the Seahawks, man, before uh, before I let you know what I would do if I was a general manager? Uh, like you said, they got... They got holes everywhere, and thankfully they got a haul of picks to kind of you know make work with them. There's all there's even talk about Metcalf, even Lockett being traded. I don't know that any of that's going to happen, but I mean they they got picks <laughs> to kind of play with, and they got they got holes they need to fill. And I mean you can go for offensive line. I mean their offensive line was terrible last year, right? And it was terrible for many of the years that mm-hmm. Russell Wilson was there. And so maybe they can finally look to to taking care of that, and they could definitely use some defensive help. I mean I've never been. I mean the the Jamal Adams experiment hasn't been great for mm-hmm. them. Like I don't, I definitely don't think they won that trade. So I mean you could, it, <laughs> they have a big, a pretty big hole at linebacker now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. They they could go just about anywhere there. I I don't um I don't think they're gonna go quarterback. I think they could. I I, I was a big Lock fan. I don't know if you remember. Mm, oh yeah. This podcast I was. Uh, I, I like Locke and I like Denver for being a potential wild card team a few years ago. I was wrong. That didn't pan out. Locke isn't the guy, and so maybe they take the guy. I don't think they do. I think they have way too many holes elsewhere that could be taken to, instead of like reaching for one of these quarterbacks, in my opinion. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you on that. I have Seattle passing a QB in, in this scenario. Uh, like you said, O-line's been an issue for years, and it's going to be even more important that they address it now because at least Russell could, you know, be an escape artist yeah. and evade pressure. Drew Locke's not going to be able to do that same thing. So I have the Seahawks taking Charles Cross from Mississippi State, the tackle there. Uh, this is a guy who – on 719 pass blocking snaps, he only gave up 16 pressures. So 
719 pass blocking snaps. He only allowed 16 pressures. Uh, this is a guy I think that they need. They got to address the O line at some point, and it is four or five years too late. But uh, yeah. <laughs> why not now? So cross from Mississippi State, well, as we know, pass pass happy as Mississippi State is, and uh, you know they got an excellent quarterback there, Will Rogers. We'll see him next year, but. Yeah, I got number nine, Charles Cross going. Uh, and I to love Seattle. that for them. If if Cross is there, yeah. right? I if think he's Cross there. could even if go higher. If he's there, if he's there, I think that's what Seattle should do. No, nah, that'd be a good pick. What about this next team, New Orleans? Drew Brees, yeah, Hall of Famer. He's no longer there. Yep. They're still looking for his successor. What are your thoughts on New Orleans, man? And, uh, and see, with New Orleans, they got picks 16 and 19, so they, they've got a little bit of leeway here. And But with New Orleans, uh, depending on who falls, kind of like you had Cross to them, I, I think at 16, I'd take the best tackle left, too. I mean, if Cross or somebody like that falls, definitely take them. I think the next group of guys, whether I've, I've seen Bernhard Raymond be really high up there, Trevor Penning, I think you take the best tackle. They lost Aaron Armstead this offseason. Mm. And that's a pretty big, I mean, pretty big hole for them. But the thing is with New Orleans, is like, yeah, they could take quarterback. But I think they're still good enough to compete, especially in the NFC. And so, I mean, I'd rather, I don't know this is what they'll do. But with that defense, they, were, they still had a winning record last year They were yeah. because of CNFC. But they were still in the hunt. I think they're going to be a better team this year. I, I know your feelings on Winston. I, I like him more than, than mm. you. I think he'll be an improvement over last year. You can keep for them. him. That, they presumably get Michael Thomas back, right? Like hopefully You, you can keep him, too. That, that dude garbage. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But it, they get him back. If, if I'm them, I, I'm trying to plug that hole that, that Armstead left. And then what – whether or whatever order they do with 16, 19, like tackle and receiver is what I'm looking at for yeah. them. I think they need some more receiving help. You know, what if Thomas will see how he looks afterwards and without having Breeze. And Callaway had his moments last year, but I think they're going to have a chance to get a pretty dang good receiver at, at that, depending on how the draft falls, obviously. But and I can see like an, a Chris Olave being really good for them, that his route running ability. Yeah. And he's got the speed to kind of, you know, they can make use of Winston's arm. Like I, I'm looking. At tackle and receiver, like a Trevor Penny and Chris Olave, like if if I'm New Orleans, I think those would be really good picks for them. But uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna go quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm not as sure because they only had one first round selection, and they made the deal with Philadelphia to acquire a second first round selection. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking for them to do that, there's somebody they like at QB. I think there's somebody they like a QB, whether they got files to them or not. I wouldn't be shocked if at 16 or 19 they took a QB. I, I really don't think they would have sacrificed next year's first-round pick to not take a QB this year. You see what I'm saying? Kind of like the Bears that, that, did. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bears <laughs> traded up last year with the Giants to get Justin Fields. Now they don't have that first uh, so the Giants are sitting pretty nice. So yeah, man, I think I think New Orleans was one of those. I like your I like your like your logic, tackle receiver. But I think one of those selections, if their guy falls to them, they're gonna take a QB. And they they definitely could. But uh, look, right behind them, right after the mm, Saints, mm. it's your guys. You know the, the black and yellow, black and gold, the yeah. Steelers, right? Uh, what are they gonna do, man? There's a lot of speculation. They might go quarterback. Or they might not. What do you think? You know, the the Steelers fan and you, the Steelers GM and you. What's this? What's happening with the the twentieth pick for Pittsburgh? 
Man, I tell you first off, the one thing I hate is how all these so-called analysts and mock drafts, and they just got us for sure taking a QB. Like, I know that's a possibility, but it's not a guarantee. If you look at our history, obviously we had needed a QB, but if you look at the history just from Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, what how they think, everything is defense first, you know? And if it's not defense, it's like O-line. So we haven't taken a offensive player in the first round since 2012 I mean, last year, Najee Harris last year. But from mm-hmm. before Najee Harris, the first, the last time we took an offensive player in the first round was David DeCastro in 2012. And the last time we took an offensive skill player in the first round was 2008, Rashard Mendenhall. And that's when Tomlin and Colbert were like just coming together. So it's not a guarantee we take QB. And the way, if you think of how, how Tomlin operates, he's a defensive guy first. And he mm-hmm. said it before with QBs when Roethlisberger's been out. It's like, look. We ask our QBs to do do just do enough, you know what I'm saying? But we're going to play defense first. And so I don't think it's a guarantee we take QB. Um, I don't think we'll take a QB. I don't I don't really don't. I mean, I like Mason Rudolph, mm-hmm. as you know. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, that's something that hasn't grown on me at all, <laughs> and I'm not sure if it ever will. But we gave him mm-hmm. a very incentive-type-based uh, contract. I mean, it's two years, 14 mil. But he has a chance to like make twenty seven, you know, if he hits his incentives, and it's it's kind of based on his performance and his play, and he's. But we're giving him opportunity to do so. So Trubisky and Rudolph, who's Rudolph has been in the in the system for years now, I th- I think it's no guarantee that we take a QB in the first round. So uh, I'm not gonna say who we're gonna take until we talk mm-hmm. Colts Steelers in the second segment. And I'll share what I think we should do at number twenty. But I really don't think it's going to be QB, man. I really don't. What are you thinking in okay. Pittsburgh if you're from the outside lenses? I mean, what are your thoughts on the Steelers? Uh, I'll go a little bit more into it in the, in the next segment as well. But uh, I, I, and for anyone listening, I would listen to Corey over me about the Steelers. So <laughs> <laughs> this this probably means I'm in the wrong here. But I, I think if Malik Willis is there, they're going to take him. Boo. I really do. I, I'm maybe I'm buying into the bait that's being set out there by everybody. They, they hosted him for a top 30 visit. You know, we heard Tomlin talk about how he wants a mobile quarterback. I, <laughs> hey, I'm if if they got me hook, line, and sinker, then hey, I admit it, they got me. But I think if Malik Willis is there, they're going to take him. I don't think he plays this year. But if you want a guy that you can mold that has traits and tools that others don't have, I mean, he's the guy in this draft. It's just whether or not you think that you can, you know, kind of round that up, right, and build an offense around it. But, I mean, he's, his arm and his mobility, I mean, he's he, he's he can do stuff that nobody else can. It's just whether or not you can, you know, you got to try and, and try and tune him up a little bit. But I, I think if Willis is there that you guys are going to – go there but we'll, we'll get into that into the next segment we'll see what happens it probably won't take them since you're not saying that i, I would trust you more than me man but, uh, I, so look, <laughs> well i may be showing my my uh, little bias there uh about malik willis and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit <laughs> about some of the quarterbacks but uh, i will say this tomlin and Colbert have both been outspoken about having a quarterback who is mobile mm-hmm. Yeah, Ru- and I'm Ru- buying into that. <laughs> Ru- and yeah, and, and I believe 100%. Rudolph is not mobile. Trubisky, a little bit. A little he, bit. he has some athleticism. So, yeah, I understand. I do believe if we were to take a QB in the first round, it's going to be with somebody who can move. Um, 
But I will talk about Steelers a little bit later, man. Mm-hmm. So to close out the first <laughs> round, as far as teams that may take a QB, you got the Detroit Lions at number 32. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Lions, man? This is a team that, as I mentioned, they got Jared Goff. Do they believe in him, or is he more of a placeholder? I'm, I think that he's a placeholder. I think we've seen kind of – I think Goff's solid, right? But I think that's his ceiling as far as I'm concerned. Uh Gonna go ahead and put it out there, so I'll give away my my QB rankings a little bit, and and you're it won't surprise you, but if I'm Detroit and he's there, like I want Desmond Ritter at 32. Mm. I don't think he is a consensus first rounder by most, but I'm I don't know I, I'm sold on him. I think he is the the best processor in this draft, and I'm a really high on guys that are able to do that, especially coming out of college. Like he ran a pro style offense in Cincinnati. He's got the size, and one of the things, too, he's a four-year starter, and he got better every single year. There's like a clear progression, which tells me he's probably has a good work ethic, right? His accuracy can be uh, hit or miss, <laughs> but I think there's room for improvement, and I just think he's got a little bit more, I guess, potential that I don't, I don't think he'll play year one or anything, but like I think he's a dog. man. I really like Desmond Ritter, and if I'm them, I'm trying to take – I mean, I, don't, I think Malik Willis will be gone, and there's a good chance some other quarterbacks are gone by that point. But if Ritter's there, I actually really like Desmond Ritter for Detroit in, in 32. And plus, kind of like uh, Ravens with Lamar a couple years ago, even if it's the end of the first, getting a first-rounder period, no matter mm-hmm. where it is, gives them that, that fifth-year option where if they do end up liking the guy, that's so important for a quarterback, too, as expensive as that position gets. They get to hold yeah. him for another year. Yeah. And I, I think – whether they will or not, I don't know. But I think there's a good chance that they go quarterback there, and I'd like it to be Ritter. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But what do you what do you think? I'm going. I doubt you're as high on Ritter as, as me. But do you think they'll go quarterback in general? Yeah, I 100% agree. And another reason why, like you mentioned, to having that it's the final pick of the first round, having that fifth year option on that first round, and if it's a quarterback, as you talked about the salary and how high that those contracts see that get as we look at some of these forty million QBs these days, um, it's going to be QB. And another reason why the Lions select at number thirty two, but then they turn around and pick at number thirty four. So yeah. why not take a QB there? Yeah, and you come back two picks later and get another player that you like a whole lot. So, yeah, I agree 100% Detroit taking a QB at number 32. Uh, It remains to be seen who that QB will be, who will be available for them. But I agree, Detroit taking a QB at number 32 for sure. Finch Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Care Animal Center is a local business partner at The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, 
Making Sense of Investing. Member SIPC. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch-A-Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, with my guy, Chris Liuzzi. Segment number two, man, uh, we're going to talk about our respective teams. Your Indianapolis Colts, my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, man, your Colts, uh, they've had <laughs> a lot busy. of, man, they've been busy, a lot of cap space. I mean, some it's been kind of like video game numbers, some of the the cap space that they had earlier in the offseason. It's like, how they get all yeah. that money? But, uh Man, what have been? What are some of your personal thoughts on the Colts? What they've done thus far in this offseason leading up to the draft? I mean, not to this will sound very not humble, but I'm very happy. <laughs> I think we've nailed the offseason so far. I really do. Uh, there's some things. Uh, the fact we haven't uh, signed any of the receivers available is a little bit surprising. I like especially seeing like how cheap somebody like Juju signed in Kansas City. I'm mm-hmm. surprised that we weren't in that mix a little bit or even you guys weren't in that mix but um i mean i well first of all i couldn't believe we got rid of one like somebody actually gave us picks for wins that <laughs> shocked me like, i could not believe the return that we got for wins so that was yeah first of all that was like awesome yeah yeah and we somehow have matt ryan fall into our lap we got very fortunate that the falcons kind of spurned him at ryan and <laughs> we were in the right place right time for that yep and I mean, we go and, and get Unique Ngakwe. We trade for Unique Ngakwe. You know, we lose Rocky Scene, who was somebody I thought played really well last year. But uh, we signed a guy here recently named Stefan Gilmore, mm-hmm. who kind of covers that hole. I mean, crazy, <laughs> crazy. I, I think we have maneuvered this offseason really well. And I remember this is almost a shot at uh, fellow Colts fans, but like Colts fans online were freaking out. Uh, at our lack of sign every year this is like an every year thing is every year we have a ton of cap space and every year we don't do anything for the first wave of free agency we never do but every year people freak out about it anyway but uh this is where patience paid off man because yeah. had we signed one of those early quarterbacks or something we wouldn't have been in the running for matt ryan yep i mean it sometimes it just works out man you just got to be patient don't don't overpay for a guy that you know isn't the real deal that first which is all that first wave is every time right like it you have it's like there's like three ways of free you that first wave is like this wave where it's like all the overpaid and sort of jacksonville christian went crazy. Kurt. <laughs> christian <laughs> jacksonville Kurt. went crazy and then you get the second wave where it's like okay it's a little bit more normal and then you kind of have the, the scraps left over it's kind of in theory how it works and I, and I think it's paid off really really well for us i think we've upgraded feasibly upgraded at like every position honestly i mean quarterback yeah cornerback yeah i mean Nah, I, I'd, maybe I'm just biased, but I'd, about the only thing I'd really like to still do is resign T.Y. because I love T.Y. Hilton. But uh, I've been very happy with this offseason. Is, is there? Am I just being a little bit too, I guess, braggadocious here? I mean, I, I feel like we really did a good job. No, nah, no, nah, the Colts have done an excellent job. Um, you know, before I kind of give my take on what the Colts have done, you personally want T.Y. Hilton back, but do you think, what are, your, what are the chances? I mean, how's it looking from what you've been reading that he'll, he'll return to Indianapolis? I, th- I think he will. I think he's kind of like last year. I, like last year, he returned, for anyone who doesn't know, he returned to us on a one-year deal instead of, he turned down a, a longer deal with Baltimore, actually, is what was reported. There was a two- or three-year deal extended by Baltimore last offseason, and he returned to us on another one-year deal instead. Like, that guy's a Colt, man, and I I think, I actually thought he was going to retire, to be honest. Uh, and right after the season ended, 
when they asked him about that, he said he was going to wait and see what Jack Doyle did and kind of go from there. And Jack Doyle retired. Mm-hmm. And so I thought Hilton was going to kind of follow him. He's been injured like the last two years. He's kind of he's still a good player, but he's, he's not what he used to be. But he, if he still wants to play, I think he'll come back, and I think it'll be on like a relatively team-friendly deal, maybe one more year. We got Reggie Wayne, who he's really close with. He's a receivers coach for us now. Like I could see Will Hilton coming back for one year, more year, especially with us. I know the AFC is brutal, but uh, I think there's a – I want to say a pretty good chance we're at least in the playoffs, right? And I think Hilton would want to be there for that, especially the way last year ended. I think he'll be a Colt again next year. I hope. <laughs> really hope. Yeah, man. Um, I don't think it's braggadocious at all to feel good about what your team has done. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz getting the, the commanders, and that's so weird to say. I, I'm going to say Washington. <laughs> getting Washington to take that contract mm-hmm. and – you know, actually came out better in the in the draft capital raise too. Um, yeah, we kept there. Up a few, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and so and they took his full contract. It blew my mind. What took his full contract? <laughs> and like you said, believe it. Being patient, being patient, not overreacting. As you mentioned, all these teams do once free agency opens. Um, you didn't trade for Baker. You didn't trade for Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. You didn't overreact. Kind of just let it play in your hands. And the Falcons dropping the ball and pursuing Des- Deshaun Watson made Matt Ryan mad. And so all of a sudden he wants out. And and I'm going to read a quote from you. This is a conversation you and I had in texting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always talk in the NFL. Friday, March 18th, you said, man, there sure is a lot of smoke of Watson to Atlanta. If so, give me Ryan. Yeah, give me Ryan in all caps. He said, <laughs> I, I'd be ecstatic. And then March 21st, just a few days later, just a few days later, you guys actually mm-hmm. acquired Matt Ryan. And so, man, that's, that's a perfect fit. I'm I mean, it's happy. ideal fit for the Colts. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, the moves that you guys have made, man, it's, it's been it's been excellent. And I can't, I can't fault you for being ecstatic, man, as a Colts fan. Okay, well, I'm glad it's not. I needed someone to. I needed someone with an outside perspective to make sure I'm not just you know overhyping it a little bit. Yeah, but on, yeah. on the other side, man, your Steelers is a little bit, a little bit quieter, right? You know, uh, Ben's gone, which is you know so you know there's a the hole there. But I mean, a little bit quieter off season overall. And I mentioned Juju. You know, he he went elsewhere. He was yeah. somebody I, I was surprised. I thought he would still end up being in Pittsburgh. But he can what go. Do you, how would you, I guess, view? Your off season overall, you, I mean, it's been relatively patient. Do you like that? I know you've made some. Uh, if I want to say you guys made like an interior lining signing, mm-hmm, interior mm-hmm. lineman signing, but overall, it's been relatively quiet. You know, Mitch Trubisky. Well, what do you, what do you think, man? You know, I've been I've been over uh, overall pleased, and specifically as you mentioned, the O line signings that we've had. We um, signed James Daniels from the Bears, Mason Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Vikings, and O-line was a huge issue last year, um, primarily because we had two rookies starting. I mean, Dan Moore Jr. Mm-hmm. at left tackle and, you know, uh, Green at center. So having some veteran linemen as options, I think that only helps, uh, you know, when you look at some of the pairings that you'll be able to do in the O-line. So that's huge. Um, we were able to re-sign Akello Witherspoon. I like him a whole lot. He spent some time with the Niners and Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He joined us um, a few games into the regular season last year. He did an excellent job. 
because Joe Hayden missed a lot of time. So having Witherspoon come in and he played great. So I was thrilled that we signed him, uh, re-signed him. We did sign Levi Wallace, another corner. So overall, I like what we've done. You mentioned Juju leaving. You can keep Juju. I was done with <laughs> his dancing and his antics. It was more the price. Like I was, I thought, I know he wasn't like elite. I was, I was surprised to see him sign as cheap as he did there. And this is two years straight, straight for him. You know where he's had to settle for a one year deal. I mean, the, yeah. the Chiefs wanted him last year, and he came back to Pittsburgh. But you can keep Juju. I'm almost <laughs> there with Chase Claypool. I'm almost on the way out with him. <laughs> I'm tired of these seeing these guys like just play ball, man. I don't need you dancing and showboating and all this. Like, just come mm. on, line up, man. So, uh, but I will say this: that the same day we lost Juju, we lost James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod. McLeod went yeah. to the Niners. Washington went to the Cowboys. And I love James Washington. That's the one that I, broke so I know. I know the Washington one hurt. That's the I one that, that hurt me. That's my guy, dude. So uh, losing him obviously makes a receiver the receiver position a need now. Um, so overall, I've, I've loved what we've done. But recently, the the move that's made that's upset me the most is we we resigned Terrell Edmonds at safety. I like I never yeah. <laughs> I never wanted that guy in the first place. Like I never wanted that dude. And we took him in the draft a few years ago at number 28. And that was the same year Lamar Jackson was coming out and he he was still there, still available. And I was like, "Man, Lamar Jackson would be perfect. Let him <laughs> sit behind Big Ben a few years and all that." We take a safety from Terrell Edmonds, uh, t- a safety Terrell Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Only for the Ravens to trade back in number two and get Lamar Jackson. So I was mm-hmm. I was so hopeful that, that we would not let we would not resign Edmonds because I was done. You you were hoping for Mr. Honey Badger. I was hope oh! <laughs> I wanted to hire Matthew so bad. I knew it was a long shot, but then it started to kind of get some hype that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Now the the other thing of that is too, we usually don't sign a safety that of at his age. Uh, we mm-hmm. usually want a guy with some a little more youth, which like Edmonds. No, stop. So, <laughs> but at least to the NFL draft at 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 number twenty, where I was a little hopeful. Okay, if we don't resign Edmonds, there are some guys I like at twenty. You know, okay. there are some guys I like at second round that may still be, be still be available. So, if we went to the draft without having that other signing or that other safety to pair with Minka. Uh, still having that position open, I, I felt comfortable that a safety could be a position that we take at number 20. So when you look at our draft, the Colts, the Steelers, okay. when you look at your Colts, man, they don't have a first-rounder. Right. It goes back to the Carson Wentz trade. But, man, what are you hoping your Colts do? What are you hoping? I mean, you, you got a list of guys that are hopefuls that you hope yep. that the Colts will do with their first election. Okay, so I'll put it this way, that – that there's a couple positions. I have receivers to big one. I I'm gonna, I'll put it this way. I'd be surprised if it's not. Unless I, unless there is a really big run of receivers before us, which can happen. I, I think we're gonna go receiver there. Just we'll, we'll see how it happens. I, I think offensive tackle, maybe tight end or the two other that could go right there. But I'll say this. I I told you um last year that the two guys that I was very excited to pick 19 that I wanted ideally was Quiddy Pay. Yeah. Or Darisaw. And they were both there. <laughs> mm, mm. They were both there. And I remember being surprised because I didn't think either of them were going to be there. So I got lucky. This year, that, that guy for me is George Pickens. 
if George Pickens, a uh, wide receiver out of Georgia, is there at 42, I hope we sprint to the podium and throw that card. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it, that's that's the guy I'm wanting. I, like I said, I do think we're going to have a receiver there. And I've seen consensus rankings have Pickens all over the place. I have no idea. Some guys have him really high in the first. Some other guys are, like, you know, mid-second round guys. I don't know where the teams see him. But he, he's my... He's my quitty pay of this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I think he's, like I think, put it this way, without the injury, I think he's a top ten guy. I really do. And so I mean, if we and gosh, Chris Ballard in our front office session, we do not care about ACLs or anything like that. I mean, every single year we take like one or two guys going off ACL injuries. It's kind of our thing. So he would fit that mold, you know. <laughs> yeah. But George Pickens, other two guys, other two or three guys I like. If Pickens isn't there, Sky Moore is another receiver I really like out of Western Michigan. Real quick guy, I think he would compliment Pittman well. You know, being a he's not a big body guy, but he's fast. He's a good route runner and good with the ball in his hands. He's a guy I'd like. Another guy I'd like uh, potentially at 42. Like I said, Pickens is the guy for me. But if if not Pickens, I think there's a chance we take the first tight end, and I think that'd be Trey McBride. I will say he is the consensus top tight end, it seems like, for a lot of people. So I'm not going out on a limb there. I don't know if he's expected to go as high as us. But uh, I think he helped fill the need. You know, I mentioned Jack Doyle earlier retiring. We have two really young guys. We have Mo Ali Cox, who I like a lot, but he hasn't. he's never been the number one guy. And Kylan Granson, he was a rookie last year. Like, we just have a lot of unknown there. And I think Trey McBride has a chance to kind of fill that Jack Doyle role. He's a big dude. He's yeah. A, a good blocker. He put up a lot. Of, he he's not. He's no Kyle Pitts or anything like that, right? Like he's not really a mismatch guy, but he's he has good hands still. Like he can still catch the ball and, and get upfield. He's not gonna, you know, wow you like a Kelsey kind of guy. But I think he's just a good solid tight end who is a potential starter for a long time. And then the last guy is Bernard Raymond, uh, tackle. I don't know if he'll be there. But if he is, he's, he's somebody, you know, we have a big old hole at tackle, too. We tried to plug with Eric Fisher last year, and that experiment did not go well. Mm-hmm. He, he just, whether it was the injury or whether he's just, whatever it, you know, is, he, he did not play well for us. We've been missing that spot ever since Costanzo retired, Anthony Costanzo. And so Bernard Raymond is somebody I'd really like. He's a converted tight end, so he's relatively raw. He hasn't been playing tackle for very long. But the fact he's, you know, got his name up to be a first potential second, third round draft pick, whatever it might be, in that short amount of time, I think says there's still some you know potential to be had there. He's somebody I'd really like. But yeah, uh, the final say, Pickens. That's my quitty pay this year. Mm. If George Pickens is there, that's who I want. We'll see what happens. But with you guys, man, you know, pick twenty. You know, we kind of went into it a little bit in that first segment. You know, quarterback, maybe, maybe not. But what do you think? Like, who are your guys? You, know, you put your GM hat on. Like, what are you hoping happens for you guys at pick twenty? Well. You know, as you know, you've heard me and I know you specifically have heard me say that, you know, I don't necessarily think that's a foregone conclusion. We take a QB Mm -hmm. at number 20, but I have to remain realistic that it is a possibility. I mean, um, definitely weeks ago, Kevin Colbert said we're going to take four QBs to count. So that's Trubisky and Rudolph. We knew for sure. And, of course, Haskins, before his tragedy, was uh, a member of that as well. So that now we're we're at two, I think we're for sure going to draft a QB. I just don't know if it's going to happen at 20, but we're going to for sure take one. But I have to remain realistic, and if we are going to take a QB, my third hopeful at number 20 
is Matt Corral from Ole Miss, man. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that, yeah. dude. I love that guy. Um, he's yep. a gamer. He can throw. He he can run. He fits that mobility check mark that yep. Colbert and Tomlin hopes for. If he's available at twenty, and we take Matt Corral, I would not be upset at all. Um, <laughs> There's a couple other QBs I like as well. We'll talk about that here a little later. Yeah. I'll, by the way, I'll say this so you don't have to for anyone listening. Corey has been high on Matt Corral for a while. Man. So if, if, <laughs> if you guys do this, he, he's like the Rudolph, right? Like I, he, He's been somebody that you've been kind of saying his name for a while. So, hey, we'll yeah. see what happens, right? Dude, if he's there at 20 and that's who we select, I'll be more than ecstatic. Because I know we're taking a QB this round. I just don't know which round. So, Matt Corral at number three. He's a gamer. Uh... I would be thrilled if that's the selection. At number two, and this could flip-flop between two and one just because it's such a huge need. But at number mm-hmm. two, I got nose tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. Um, oh, gosh, if he's there, that would be If crazy. he's there. We had one of that'd the worst. That would be such a good pick. We had one of the worst rush defenses last year, and it's because of injuries. Stephon Tuitt didn't play. Well, he didn't play at all mm-hmm. last year. And then <laughs> Tyson Olu-Alu got hurt in the second game. He's our nose tackle. So you're we run a 3-4 and two of our – Three guys up front aren't there for the entire mm-hmm. season. So that's why our rush defense was so bad. If Jordan Davis is available, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we took him because Alua Lewis 34. Uh, we mm-hmm. did resign Montrevious Adam. Adams from Auburn. I love him a lot. He's a great guy, too. He filled in nicely when we signed him last year from the Saints. But if Davis is there at number two, I think we'll take him. And, and somebody asked Tomlin about Davis at Georgia's Pro Day, and he didn't even really answer. He was just like, look, He'll be gone before we select. You know, that's kind of where he left it. He didn't say that we would take him. He was just like, look, he's going to be gone before we yeah. take, you know. About, about Jordan Davis, what do you think about the people who, you know, their issues, they don't, you know, he's not going to be on the field yeah. a lot. He'll only be out there 50% of snaps. I I don't think that's a, if he is, impa- if he's making an impact I don't on those 50% of snaps, does it really matter? No, you know? no, because that's what the NFL is. I mean, they have anyway. specialists, yeah. There's run stuffing specialists, pass. Run. Some guys, some guys only come to field to the third down, you know. So, yeah. uh, so I think I, I looked at that, you know, when they mentioned that during Georgia season, they would bring that up. But I'm like, look, if he's that good and 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 run stuffing first, second down, and now it's third and nine. Because he can't run up the middle, like nah. I, maybe he can pass rush, you and know? maybe yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe we'll he see. just needs a little more conditioning or something. But yeah, Jordan Davis at number two, uh, Black said you could put that at number one as well. And and for the Steelers, this he would be number one on this list. But on my personal list, number one, I got wide receiver Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Uh, I like Burks. Man, he is a gamer. He's Speed, I mean, high point catch type dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, receiver is a need because we lost Juju, James Washington, and Ray Ray all in the same day. So the, the Steelers won't do this. Like, we haven't taken a receiver in the first round since 06 when we took Santonio Holmes. And like I mentioned, this is not in Tomlin's DNA to take an offensive guy generally, period, you know. So, but I would take Traylon Burks. I think that would be amazing. But we're not going to do that. I mean, we took Claypool in the second <laughs> round. We took Johnson, Deontay Johnson in the third round. We took Juju in the in the <laughs> second. You know, James Washington in the third or in the second as well. So, like I mentioned, like that's not our DNA to take a receiver in the first round anyway. But that's my mm-hmm. list, and I would be perfectly fine if it's, like I said, if it's Davis or if it is Corral at number 20. And – 
you know, you heard me talk about Matt Corral, how much I like him at number 20. We're going to close this segment talking about our QBs that we do like and the QBs we don't like, especially the ones that are being hyped up in this first round. I mean, yeah. what are your early thoughts uh, on the QB in this year's class, man? Uh, it's kind of top-heavy, and that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not super sold on this class. You know, I I think if you were to take these five guys and throw them into last year's draft class, I'm not sure that any of them are in the first round. Mm. Like, I, I really – I'll say this – the only two guys that are kind of first-round guys for me, and even then it's like late first, is Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. Mm. And Ritter, like, I mean, I kind of talked about how much I liked him earlier. But Malik Willis is for the pure upside. Like, kind of just if you want to take a dart throw on a guy who has, like, really special traits, like, I get it. But I'm not, like, I'm, I'm just really not super sold on on this class. I mean, it's because of the value, how valuable quarterback is, you know what they're they're gonna go. I mean, it's just the nature of the league and just that position. But I just there there isn't that bona fide like yeah, this guy's ready, right? Like they all have like a big weakness or something that you can look yeah. at. You know, you even mentioned Corral. I like Corral a lot too. He's he's real accurate. But we just you know his whole knock, and I think it's a fair one. Is we haven't really got to see him. Uh, you know that RPO heavy offense they run. It's like. Okay, well, we got to see him. I mean, don't get me wrong. The NFL runs a lot of RPOs now too, but it's it's still we don't know how he's going to transition to a more just general pro style kind of thing. You can't do RPOs all day. The cornerbacks are too good. They'll eventually start to pick up on that stuff in the yeah. NFL. So, but but he's somebody I like. But again, that's still like a that's something that concerns you, right? Like even as much as I like Desmond Ritter, is that like he's probably my favorite quarterback in this draft. His accuracy has, you know concerns with it as much as I like to everything else he has so there just isn't that guy I don't know man I don't love this class so, and am I being too harsh here no man you you made an excellent point like you said you take these same five or six guys and put them in last year's uh draft class they're they're probably not first rounders or even thought of being close as first rounders so this year as we know first round everybody talks about QB especially teams that are in need of QBs um I'm with you, man. It's not a strong class. You know, I, I have told you several times that each year, I've been doing this for years. Every year, mm-hmm. I'll look at, I'll come up with a list of three guys I like at quarterback. Whether my team needs a QB or even considering QB or not, that's just a personal thing I've done. And this goes back to the year Baker was selected number one in his draft. Um, and that was in 2018. I was like, okay, the three guys I like. Baker, Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Mason Rudolph. And we did get Mason, but like I said, yeah. we took Terrell Edmonds in the first round when we could have had <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Yeah. So yeah. this year we do. It's a real possibility we could take QB in the first round, right? So my, I tried to do a list of three, and it was just because of I just need a third guy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously my favorite pick is Matt Corral. Yeah, Corral. That, we, yeah. we know that, right? That's, but number two. I'm going with Sam Howell. I like him for Carolina. I mean, he's a like mobile Sam. guy. He yeah. can throw. Uh, I don't think we ball, would. Ta- yeah. He, oh, it's so beautiful. I don't think we would take him at 20. But if he's available in the second round for us, if he is there, I wouldn't be shocked if we took him. Uh, yeah, he's somebody I could see us taking as well if we were going to take a guy. We've we had a top 30 visit with Sam Howell. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So. Yeah, Sam yeah. Howell's a, he's a good ball player, man. He if you look at last year's numbers, they're 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 off because 
the year before he had Michael Carter. You're throwing to, yeah. And he had <laughs> Javante Williams, and then at receiver yeah. he had Deami Brown and Daz Newsom. Like, it's a reason his numbers are nowhere near as good as the year before. Uh, so if he's there at 52 for us, man, I would be I would be glad to have Sam Howell for sure. So Corral mm. Howell, that third guy. You want to hear the third guy? Yes or no? Go for it. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, it's Kenny Pickett, man. Um, really? <laughs> I, I, I like I like the tape on him, and he is from Pittsburgh, so you know we've had yeah, ample. Yeah. We have more time than anybody to go watch this kid, and he throws a nice deep ball as well, and he throws a nice little ball. I mean, I yep. like I like Kenny Pickett. Just the concern is he was very average in his first few years at at Pitt, and then his his senior year he breaks out like it's completely yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Like forty-two touchdowns and seven picks, type stuff. Like, but before that, he did nothing, nowhere near. So, hey, who knows, man? Uh, but that's my list. That's my list of guys. I like Corral, Howell, Pickett. Uh, I know you, you're huge on Ritter. I'm not as not as big. Yeah. Malik Malik Willis. I uh, never know about Smalls, and I know he came from Auburn at first. He was too Auburn much different first. than yours, really, though. Yeah. We'll see. Like. Because I, I, you mentioned, you know, I like Ritter. I like, well, that, that third guy for me would be Howell as well. I, I like Sam Howell. Uh, the, the deep balls, I mean, I, I think that guy just has a good shot of mm-hmm. – uh, But it's, he's, like, real close to Matt Corral for me. Like, yeah. I could see – they're almost like a 1A, 1B for me, mm-hmm. like, where I could I could be convinced on either of them. I like them both. They both have the arm talent. They both had a similar issue of their offense is very – not pro style, right? So you just don't know how they'll transfer. But like, yeah. other than that, I mean, they they were accurate. They both mm-hmm. have the arm talent. And Howell, you mentioned the deep ball. I mean, he's kind of a big dude too. Like he's yeah, like he can move and he can shake tackles. Mm-hmm. I, I like Howell too. He he'd be like the third guy for me. Pickett's my last guy. Like if I were to rank him, he'd be the fifth. Mm. His uh, he holds the ball for a long time, man. Yeah. And that's just. Yeah. And that tells you it just tells you just something I like in quarterbacks. That's why Ritter, I'm so high on Ritter is he gets to ball out and he's really really quick mental processor and he ran like I said, he ran that pro style offense in Cincinnati. Pickett just like which I mean I could be wrong on Fields, but that was why I wasn't crazy about Fields last year, was just how long they hold the ball. And the issue is is trying to decipher is that because they're mental processing slower, is that just because that's what the offense is asking them to do, right? I don't yeah, know. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that that is something that worries me with Kenny Pickett. And you know, they talk about his, his hand measurement and stuff and the fumbles he has. I don't know that that's going to be as big of a deal. But maybe I'm just traumatized after watching Wentz last year hold onto the ball for <laughs> 20 years. But it's just uh, that that worries me with Pickett. It does. All right. So we as we close this second segment, your top Ritter, guys. You got Ritter Willis, and you got Willis and Howell as your top guys. Okay. Yeah, those are my top three. Like I said, mine really is top two. Like Kenny Pickett, I wouldn't be shocked if we took him. But at Corral yeah. and Howell are my favorites. Like uh, if Pickett's there at number twenty and we took him, I would I would be shocked. Uh, like I said, if we take a QB, <sighs> I mean Howell's not gonna go at number twenty. So uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't so. know. I'm just, I, I'm just hoping if it's QB, hoping it's Corral. But uh, but yeah, man. Like you said, this QB class isn't as strong. But teams that do need QB are still going to take one, whether it's first round or later in the draft. Yep. You know that's something that remains to be seen. Uh, but as we close this segment, we're going to come back to close the entire show with a few sleeper picks from each one of us. As Chris will share his thoughts on a few day two and day three guys, and I'll do the same to close out the episode. 
Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, Spa. As we close with this sleeper segment, guys who may not get selected to the... Day two, day three, late round selections, but we all know what can happen in the draft. Anything is possible, whether you're first round talent or seventh round talent. Anything is possible once you get on the team. So, Chris, man, give me uh, a few of your guys to look out for as sleepers. All right. So, the first guy is kind of my honorable mention guy, uh, Bo Melton, uh, coming out of the Rutgers. I think he none of his stats aren't very impressive. He's a, I mean, now. I don't even think he ever made 700 cards in college, but he's he's, he's fast. He ran a 4-3-4-40, and and to be clear, when you when you're looking, at, I think when you agree, when you're getting to those day three picks, you're looking for you know traits or kind of special things because mm-hmm. you're just looking for upside at that point, right? Like you might find starters, but for the most part, you're kind of looking for diamonds in the rough. Which position does he I play? He, a receiver. He's a receiver. Okay. Played for the Rutgers. Bo Melton, Miles Melton, I, I believe is his actual first name, but he goes by Bo Melton. He, but he's, he's kind of a small guy. Uh, he's only 5'10". I think he's 185, 189, 90, around there. So he's, he's not a very big guy, but he's tough. He, he's fast. He's, I, just, I think I could see him being, I don't want to call him a gadget guy because I, I don't really love that term. But yeah. I, I think he could find you know use in offense. He's kind of an honorable mention for me. Uh, number three, Abraham Lucas. He's a tackle out of Washington State. And you're going to notice, by the way, some of these positions are positions I've looked at mainly because I'm looking at Colts needs, so these are guys that are going to stand out and looking mm-hmm. for my own team, you know. But Abraham Lucas, he's a big guy, six foot six, 315 pounds. He's a really good pass protector. Uh, for as big as he is, you would want him to be a little bit better at run blocking, but, I mean, hey, that's why they're day two or later picks, right? There's stuff that, you know, needs improving. But he's got long arms. He's athletic. Like, I think there's a good chance that he could be a starter. Number two, a guy I love, and this goes mm. time to the Desmond Ritter, Alec Pierce, who's a wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, think DJ Chark, think Jordy Nelson, that kind of guy. He's just he's big, he's fast, he's a physical guy. Like I, His route running can be better, which is the case a lot of times for this big guy. I mean, if he was a premier route runner, he'd be a first-rounder, right? That's kind of the his knock, but he's just got... Kind of some special tools I think is, is worth taking like a day two, day three, whatever, you know, place he goes to. Christian Watson's another guy that's kind of like that I like. But my number one guy I really like that's a sleeper, Tariq Woolen. He's a cornerback out of UTSA. I I don't know if you look and I hate to only look at measurables, but if you look at his measurables, I don't know if you've ever seen a corner 
that is built. He's six foot four. He's two oh five. You're in a four two six forty. Golly. He hit twenty two point forty five miles an hour at the senior ball, which is the fastest ever recorded in the mm. senior ball. He was a receiver in high school. He came to college as a receiver and transitioned to cornerback. So he's he's super raw there. But I just those tools are tantalizing, man. And like I said, if when you're looking at his mid rounds, it's stuff like that that I'm looking for, and that's He's a guy that, like, in the third round, I would love if the Colts – I know we got Gilmore, but – and, hey, maybe he doesn't mm-hmm. pan out. I mean, you never know, right? But that, those are just six foot four. <laughs> I mean, that, running that fast. And he's insane. a former receiver, so he can play the ball, right? He's got ball skills. Yeah. Like, he, he's somebody I like a lot. So those are, those are a couple of my sleepers. And, hey, they, they, who knows what happens, right, trying to – throw, just throw some darts here. But these are some of the guys I like. What about you? What are some guys you kind of like for day two or later? Man, um, starting off, honorable mention, I like running back Keontae Ingram from USC. Uh, he started out at Texas, transferred to USC. Um, you know, late night, Saturday night games, it's Pac-12 football. And, and I got a chance to watch him a few times, and I, I really like what I saw with him. He's he's a tough, powerful back, um, not blazing speed by any means, but if he can find a way onto a team, and we know how running backs are banged up pretty often, He'll be a guy to watch. So he may not get drafted until like the fourth round. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Keontae Ingram would be a guy to watch at that running back position if he does go to a team that does indeed need some depth at running back. Number three, wide receiver Britton Covey from Utah. He has primarily been a return specialist. And, you know, you got to make the team. You just got to make the team. Mm-hmm. And, and we know how, you know, return specialists, this kind of uh, dying position in a way, the way, especially a kick return. But yeah. this dude is so electric, he's going to make somebody's team. And so I think, like I said, his receiver skills uh, is kind of left to be unknown just because he was primarily used as a returner. But uh, this is a dude that made all-conference Five times in his career in the Pac-12. So, Britton Covey, blazing speed. Uh, this dude is special, man. You watch his highlights, I'm telling you. Britton Covey is somebody that you will be amazed by. And that's kick return and punt return. So, Britton Covey, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked if he made a team and, and made a splash. Yeah, that's how Tyreek Hill started. He started yeah. out as a returner, right? And then NFL. You never know. You never know. Yeah, that was a perfect example, man. Tyreek Hill, that's just how he started, and now he's making, what, $30 million a year. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Malcolm Rodriguez, linebacker from Oklahoma State, four-year starter. He was second team all Big 12 in 2019 and 2020. 21, uh, he was first team. This is a dude that, you know, you look at the NFL measure, measurements and the measurables, he's not going to blow you away. They're going to say he's too small and blah, blah, blah. But, man, mm-hmm. God, some guys, that I don't care nothing about size. If you can play, you can play. And he's a smallish linebacker, but he's super athletic as well. And this, this is a guy who ran a 4.5240, a 39-and-a-half-inch vertical, which actually scored as the second highest in the athleticism scores at the combine. So Malcolm Rodriguez is a stud from Oklahoma State at linebacker. He's another guy that probably won't get drafted till third, fourth round. But uh, if he makes somebody's team, watch out, because he could be your starter in the next year or so. And number one, I got cornerback Marcus Jones. This guy is actually from Enterprise, Alabama. He okay. started his career at Troy at corner Excellent returner. I mean, this dude had three kickoffs for touchdowns as a freshman. 
and that actually set the career record at Troy. And he did this as a freshman. So <laughs> he started at Troy, transferred to Houston, and it just got only better from at Houston. This is a dude that uh, was first team as a returner. He was also first team as a cornerback as well. So he's not just a, a returner guy. He is also excellent at corner as well. And so I think he'll probably go second round. And he, this is a dude, I'm telling you, I know this is in our backyard. And, you know, you're from Slocum. I'm living in Dothan. But uh, Marcus Jones, like I said, from Enterprise. Watch for that dude, man. He's going to be a sleeper. He's somebody I've seen before, too. He, he's small, but, man, he's electric. He's electric. Like, he makes plays. Yeah. As a corner, he, he he finds the ball well. He's excellent as a corner and as a returner. He was actually uh, named the Paul Horning Award, which goes to the most versatile player. And some of the most recent award winners for that uh, Paul Horning Award, guys like Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Smith, Rondell Moore, Saquon Barkley. So it kind of gives you an idea of how how high that, that award is held, and that's something that people don't know about. They always talk about the Heisman, but Marcus Jones, I think he's going to be a, a star in the league, regardless of where he goes, as long as he can stay healthy. Like I said, when you're first team at corner and first team as a returner as well, like you have a <laughs> lot to offer, a lot to offer. So... Those are my sleeper guys. You've heard it here from me and Chris. You, you, we've talked about first-round teams who may take quarterbacks. We talked about our respective teams, the Colts and Steelers, and our hopefuls who we are, you know, I guess just praying for it, that first election for each one of our teams. And then also our sleepers, our sleepers as we close this episode. Uh, stay tuned for the post draft episode because we will definitely be back recording and doing a show. Still uh, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, man. We haven't even talked about just the NFL offseason moves in general with some of the movements that have taken place, man. So, Chris, as we wrap up, man, you got anything you want to share, dude? Uh, no, nah, I'm just. It was fun to be back for this, and I'm so excited. You know, after the draft is kind of the the wasteland period, right? It's and it's that long long wait until the season mm-hmm. starts so this is this is one of the more exciting times of the year like we talked about it open the show it's just i love this time and all the speculations all everybody's hopeful it's just a fun time but it's almost here man just a couple more days i'm excited just a couple more days and we will indeed see who did what which players went where and like i said we'll be back for a post-draft episode with chris and myself here on the sweet spot with Corey bradley